Hello and welcome to Curiosity Kill the Cat. I'm your host, Sarah, and this episode is going to be about the finale of House of the Dragon. And I know you're probably thinking like, well, geez, Sarah, the finale of House of the Dragon happened back in like the fall. Yes, yes, it did. But I'm a little bit behind and I decided I'll get to it when I get to it. Um, but with that being said, it was a spectacular finale. The season as as the whole first season as a whole was beautiful. And it's all going to be this gnarly, crazy buildup to what like to what's to come. Like we just with this finale, we just turned a very big page going to a going into a very different, very big chapter of what's to come next in this whole Dance of the Dragon situation. Um, but yeah, so I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday season that you survived it, made it through. Um, I went to Las Vegas with my dad and my sister and my two boys. We came home and about not even like a days later, my mom and my sister and I went to this other place in Nevada called Laughlin, which is like a mini Las Vegas. So like, it's just been a crazy like holiday season. And then just like a lot of traveling to Nevada for some reason, like it felt like being out in Tatooine, but like cold, you know what I mean? But anyways, um, but yeah, I hope everybody made it through, um, you know, (laughs) made it to 2023, um, you know, with their sanity intact. Um, So with that being said, let's just get into this finale episode, shall we? All right, let's get into the finale of House of the Dragon. Uh, We left off with um, the, you know, Team Green crowning uh, Aegon, uh, in the dragon pit, uh, in front of the, in front of the small folk, in front of the, the people of King's Landing, um, and, uh, wasn't having any of it, busted out in her dragon, and, um, now she is off to Dragonstone to let Rhaenyra know that the, the, the greens are coming for her, and they're coming for her, uh, big time. And so we open up with Rhaenyra chatting with Lucerys and he's just talking about how he's like still doesn't want um not Dragonstone the Driftmark. Um he said in the one episode like if I'm lord of the Driftmark that means everybody's dead. He's just, you know, this kid is just tapped into something something different. He's pretty sensitive and he's a sweet boy. He's a nice boy. And he says something to her like, I'm not perfect like you. And she's like, I am not even perfect. What are you talking about? And then we have Rainus come in uh, with the news of, yeah, your dad's dead. They crowned Aegon and they're fucking, they're on their way. And Emma D'Arcy's acting is so fucking top tier. The looks that they give, the shifts in their eyes, it's it's quite remarkable. And the fact that like Matt Smith and them do this dance with their eyes together with each other is so so well done. They the chemistry the two have together, it's this it's so in sync. And you can see um 
in Damon's eyes, he's completely upset to hear that his brothers died. He asks how it happens. Rainus is like, I don't really know how it happened. It just fucking happened. And they locked me in my room for a few days. And I got out there barely. And he's like, you could have burned. You know, he's basically like, you could have freaking lit them all up. And she's like, listen, listen, listen. Yeah, this is going to come to war. There's no doubt about it. But I am not the person that's going to start it. I needed to get the hell out of Dodge. And she's like, I only stopped here on my way home out of like a courtesy for you guys. Um, And so, yeah, things aren't so good. Um, She starts to feel, um, Rhaenyra starts to feel labor pains and it's not good. She knows clearly after having... um, so many kids before this one and giving birth to all of them um, in a seemingly healthy manner. Something's up. The baby's coming early. And it's true to the books. The baby comes, I think, about two-ish months early. And um, in the book, it's described that you could hear her screams um, all throughout Dragonstone, which they did really well when you see um, Damon trying to put together this little war council that... uh, uh, Jaceris is going to um, intervene in and say, listen, stepdad, you can't go to war because mom says no. <laughs> like they came into the like Rainus comes down. The boys are training and she's like, your mother needs to see you. And she's got this weird smile. Rainus is just in so many scenes, just like with this just like eerie smile the whole time. Um and, uh, yeah, the boys go go to see Rhaenyra, and she is clearly in distress. And she's like, nobody is to do anything until I fucking say so. Like, I have to get, I have to, I have to go through this whole birth thing real quick. And then I can, like, figure out where all the dominoes are going to fall into place. And so, um, yeah, Damon wasn't really up for that. He was like, oh, so good for you to join us, young prince. And is kind of like, yeah, I'll listen to you right now, but like, whatever. Um, and from that point, he takes, uh, there's like two Kingsguard that's on the island with them. And he takes them up to this big rock. And he's like, listen, you are going to declare for Rhaenyra or you're going to die screaming. And I have a feeling that they chose not to die screaming. Um, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, that's Damon getting a little bit of his, uh, fucking anger and frustration out. And then, um, yeah, he eventually learns the news that, um, that the baby is a stillborn and you have Rhaenyra going through this just, um, just insane birth scene, the second birth, birth scene from, uh, this character in the show and like, that she doesn't want any of the the handmaidens to help her. She doesn't, she's just like doing it all on her own. And we get this beautiful, crazy ass editing of like Syrax, her dragon screaming in pain while she's screaming in pain. And the poor baby comes out just the way the book describes it, twisted and, um, you know, like with certain weird dragon-like, fi- uh, um, uh, things to it like in the books like there's constantly the babies some of these Targaryen babies are always described like with like tails or like scaled wings or just kind of like twisted backs and it's just like it's super weird it's super strange um I have a few tinfoil theories theory theories on like um 
uh, on, on that, but I won't get into any of them right now. Um, so yeah, anyways, it's super sad. It's super devastating. Um, Rhaenyra is the one that chooses, like, she wraps the baby up and they get it ready for the funeral pyre. And it's just a pretty devastating scene. You see, um, Damon go out to the, to the water upset with his sword. And, um, as this funeral starts, you know, um, kicking off here, we see one of the, um, one of the twins that's in the King's Guard. I can't remember. I think their names are like Eric and Eric, some shit like that. Anyways, um, he comes up and he's like, listen, I snuck this, I stuck your dad's crown out of the castle. I pledged my allegiance to the flag of Rhaenyra and let's do this. And then it's Damon who takes the crown from him, stares at it for a minute, and places it upon her head. And he gets down on his knee and he says, my queen. And it's like, yeah, that's what that's what we're talking about here. And she gets crowned um, at this funeral. So um, kind of like a super duper bittersweet moment. Everybody there uh, bends the knee, except for Rainus, just standing there again with her weird, creepy little smile. Um, and it's, it's go time. It's time to light up the table with all the cool candles with that, like heated up feature. And, um, the one thing fucking Rhaenyra like promised her dad was that she would try to keep the peace, like no matter what. And her dad ruled a peaceful kingdom for the most part. Her grandfather, uh, her grandfather, King Jaehaerys ruled, uh, his, during his reign in, um, pretty much a peaceful reign. And so she is not about to throw the kingdom under the bust just yet. Did I say bust under the bus? Um, but she clearly things, things change. Things are going to change. She's not going to hold on to that ideology, uh, too strongly. Uh, once we get more as the dance unfolds and things get, um, you know, we get into eye for an eye, sun for a sun, things just get deeper and darker into this dance of the dragons. Yeah, that that's going to change. Um, we're going to use the dragons. We're going to go all out. Um, but we're not quite there yet. That's going to be all season two. And um, yeah, so Damon's not super into that. They have this quiet little session together. Um I guess that's after Otto Hightower shows up. So, um, yeah, Otto Hightower fucking shows up. He thinks that he can give her terms. And in this mirroring of, um, I believe it was episode two, when Rhaenyra came in on Cyrax behind Otto Hightower and all of his guys and walks up to Damon to get the egg back, the dragon egg back that he tosses back to her like a, like a little basketball. Um, we get this beautiful mirroring of that scene now Queen Rhaenyra is coming, right? You see Matt Smith and freaking, or I mean, Damon and Otto are going back and forth again like they were in that one scene. And who comes up behind them? Fucking Queen Rhaenyra. And she tells him, I am Queen Rhaenyra now. Okay? I'm Queen Rhaenyra now. And the way fucking Damon looks up at the sky when she's flying, like, yeah, yeah, that's my wife. And then she comes down and, uh, 
Yeah, Otto tries to pull the whole, like, oh, when you were friends, and he gives her the page from the book. It's just, like, whatever, okay? And I think at this point, Damon's probably afraid that, like, um, Rainier is even going to consider this, but I don't really think that she even ever did or was going to and then when she seemingly undermines him at the next little like uh fire table meeting um we get this really awful scene where he fucking I don't even want to get into it he puts his hand on her throat and it's this whole thing and I just like it's it's so Anakin in fucking Revenge of the Sith it's like it's ick it's just ick unnecessary didn't need to be in there and I know like whatever she starts to talk about the prophecy and then he does it and he's like I don't want to hear about fucking prophecies he he just thinks that Viserys had his head full of fucking dreams and rainbows and unicorns and it's just like automatically assuming that Rhaenyra is on the same page uh, but she's not um she knows you know that her dad passed down this little this very important piece of information about the song of ice and fire and clearly, Damon never got the fucking memo. So when he's, you know, done with his hands on her throat, she does have this kind of smile of like, yeah, no fucking shit you didn't get told this. Like, why would you get trusted with this secret? You're a real piece of S in this moment, Damon, okay? So uh, didn't really like it. I think the actors were like slightly bewildered, like why it was written in. Um, so I, I hope that they talked, <laughs> got to talk to each other about it beforehand. But, um, anyways, moving, moving along from that weird sort of fucking whatever scene, um, we see that the, uh, the sea snake is alive. Uh, he's still bedridden. And, you know, a lot of time has passed, I think, since him and Rainey's have been together. And, you know, whatever. I love you. You love me. You left me when the kids died. How could I had to leave when the kids... It's just what that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, we're just going to skip right through it. And he's like, I want you to be queen. She's like, I'm not going to fucking be queen. She's like, bro, right now we have... (laughs) There's nothing we can do right now except just... uh, be on Rhaenyra's side, whatever that means, whatever we have to sacrifice. We've already sacrificed two kids in this fucking Targaryen freaking, uh, power struggle here. Why not go all in? So yeah, they, they're going to declare for Rhaenyra. So now Rhaenyra is going to have the whole fleet of, of, of Driftmark of the sea snake of house Valerian, which is pretty huge for them considering the fact that like, they might have more dragons technically, but like Aegon in them, they've got like Team Green, they've got the biggest dragon. They've got the biggest, greenest, meanest, oldest dragon in Westeros. And that's a lot to compete with. Um, but what is decided is that we are going to take um, these young princes of Rhaenyra's her two oldest sons and she chooses to send them off as envoys as messengers to um House Stark and to House Baratheon she's sending uh Jaceres up to um Winterfell uh she said the Lord Stark up there Cragen Stark is about your age hopefully you guys can get along and you know he'll he'll declare or keep not declare, 
but keep the promise that's how Stark already made uh, to declare for Rhaenyra. And then she sends Luke off to Storm's End. It is the shortest flight away from Dragonstone. And she thinks that he's going to be safe doing this. And when she gives him the paper, like Emma's, Emma's acting is just so beautiful and it's so wholesome. And they are so mother in this scene. Rhaenyra takes his little hand and she hands him the paper and like her thumb just rubs him just the way, just the way you do as a mom. She just rubs his little hand and then sends him off to storm and <laughs> and like i i've watched this finale a couple times like since it's aired it's been months i'm wildly behind on this episode here um but like it is so brutal to watch the last 10 minutes of this episode i let me see when does he show up he shows up yeah about 10 minutes before the episode is done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's about 10 minutes. So for like 10 minutes, you are on the edge of your seat. It was, I, I, pins and needles. It was like the hair on the back of my neck was standing up. And it, as soon as this fucking kid landed, it was like, and I've read the book. I've read the book but I purposely like did not reread certain parts of it. Like the, the end of this kind of part of the dance. Um, because I kind of wanted to be surprised with like what I was seeing on the TV. So I had like completely, completely blacked out this whole scene. I totally forgot that Eamon was already there with Vagar. I totally forgot that the um, Lord, the new Lord of fucking um, Storm's End was going to be, he was a total dick. It's straight out of the book. It is so perfectly straight out of the book, but I completely forgot this whole part in the book. So like seeing it was so exciting and it felt like, you know, it felt like just, I don't know. It was like watching Game of Thrones before reading the book. You know what I mean? And seeing like, it wasn't quite on the same level as like Ned Stark losing his head and like that, but it was pretty fucking close. And they've kept the dragon stuff pretty tame. We've seen people ride dragons. We've seen fire come out of the dragons, but this was our first chomp, chompity, chomp, chomp. Okay. Like my stomach still still feels sick like from this whole scene from from the moment Luke lands the moment he lands in this wet nasty stormy disgusting castle this Baratheon filled castle I haven't even gotten to the part where fucking Damon sings to the fucking really big dragon Vermithor I think is its name um oh who else they send off I think it's Bela that they send off on um where did they send her? Did they send her to the Eerie? I feel like somebody is like always getting sent to the Eerie for like one reason or another. But um, anyways, the three of them all took off together. And then we got the scene of, of like, oh, well, we just had him put his throat on Rhaenyra, but let's have him sing a dragon, a lullaby now, just to mess with your feelings, just to complicate things for you even more. Or for me, I'll say, because 
dude, now you have him singing this lullaby. You're making me like the guy again. Why are you doing this, Game of Thrones? It's, it's, it's tried and true. They always take a character and they have him, like, push a kid out of the window. And next thing you know, a season or two later, you're rooting for the guy. Jamie Lannister, I'm talking about you. So, anyways, we see Damon come into one of the fucking random caves in Dragonstone. Time to ra- wrangle up all the riderless dragons um, and sings this lullaby to Vermithor. And Vermithor freaking lights this cave up so beautifully. I think this scene was in um, uh, some of the previews for the show when it first came out. And, uh, and yeah, we get this weird eyeball, like, um, it's the, the halo thing from Avatar happens between the two of them, um, kind of reminiscent to when John pet Drogon for the first time and Drogon kind of just like blinked and was like, I know you, Aegon Targaryen. Um, I wonder if, I wonder if John's actually going to be an Aegon in the book. I wonder if he's going to be like more like a Jaehaerys or, or like a, no, it wouldn't be Magor. Magor was one of like the worst Targaryens. But, um, yeah, I wonder if, you know, John's gonna end up in Aegon or something else. Let me know what you think. DM me, write me, let me know. Um, I, I'd love to see what kind of fun Targaryen names John could have actually been named. Maybe she just named him John. You know what I mean? Maybe he's just John Targaryen. Maybe not. But anyways, so back to Storm's End. The fucking, the Lord of Storm's End is a total freaking dick. Aemon's there. Aemon's like, I want your eye, bastard. And takes off his eye patch. And it's this freaking blue sapphire, like bright ass blue sapphire. Insane looking. Um, very reminiscent to the way the whites are, or the others are desca- uh, described as having, um, eyes as blue as a star that's basically what his eyeball looked like um this glowing blue fucking icicle star out of his eyeball um and again like i said the guy from storm's end was totally rude he's like what you're gonna marry one of my daughters and like luke is like i can't because i'm already betrothed to like somebody else and he's like ha 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 tell rainera i'm not some he says just some derogatory, just not cool things. He's a total dick, dude. And so basically Luceris is like, okay, well, I'll just go. And Eamon is like, no, you will not go. He did try to have, he told Luke, like, I'll, you, give me your eye. Like, I want to give it to my mom as a present. And like the Baratheon guy was like, you are not going to be doing jack shit at my castle. Like, I may be a dick, but I'm not going to be having, like, your little war break out at Storm's End. Take it elsewhere. And he did. Eamon took it to the sky. And Eamon played a game called Fuck Around and Find Out. Um, And I think everybody who's a human being has played this game before where you fucked around and then you found out and it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Um, He played around too much in the sky with Luke um and started losing control of his dragon which pretty much happens in the book like exactly pretty much like this and um you know you see Luke is trying to control Arax his little dragon who's just so tiny it's like it's like looking at a tricycle next to a fucking tank you know what I mean like not even like an actual car that you can drive on the road Ver- uh what the what the hell is the name of this 
damn dragon. Vermax, um, she's a big girl. She's a big girl. Big, green, and mean. And she didn't want to, she just was over listening to Eamon. She's like, listen, there's this little chunk of meat down here. I could just take one bite and we'll be good. And that's what she does. And she eats the middle of this dragon, Luke, Saddle, and all. And in the books, it's said that just like the torso and like the back end of, of Arax like washed up on the shores. So it's like the dragon ate Luke. It's done. And so then Eamon is left standing, like, sitting there on that fucking saddle, looking like a dumbass, like, oh, I just started the war. Like, he just started it. Like, the dance is on, baby, okay? Both of the shoes are on. The the fucking Lana Del Rey's red dress is on tonight. We're going dancing. We're staying out. We're going to do the jitterbug, Okay. This dance is going to be so crazy. They did, I think, like, looking back on the whole season, they did so good on holding off dragon fighting and chomping and biting and ripping and tearing because that is literally going to be all of season two. And I know, like, I still like to fucking... just rag on season eight of Game of Thrones sometimes because I still don't get how they dropped the ball, but they did. It happened, whatever. But one of my favorite episodes of Game of Thrones of all times, one of my favorite scenes out of any Game of Thrones um, episodes ever was in uh, The Long Night when the White Walkers came to Winterfell and we saw John up in the air on his dragon. We saw Daenerys up there with him. And we saw them fighting um, Viserion, the zombie dragon that the Night, the Night King had acquired for himself in Season 7. Um, so anyways, that scene, when you can get the brightness turned up enough, you can see how well done, the, like the graphics were of the of the dragons fighting within each other like the ripping and the tearing and it does get pretty graphic and it does get kind of gross but um you know with that being said I'm super excited to see more of it especially because it's been you know a half a decade since that already so the way that that fighting is going to look on screen is going to be even better it's going to hit really sharp i i have a lot of faith in this and their cgi i was just looking at the way Syrax looked in the episode two when rhaenyra showed up on dragonstone um compared to when rhaenyra shows back uh comes back around in the finale um it's beautifully done because Syrax is a little bit smaller he would be because it's a decade before. So anyways, I just, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just very excited to see more dragons, more of the dragon fighting. And I just think they did a really good job at keeping this pretty human based, not too much magic. Um, I love magic. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like, you know, Hey, give, give, give me white walkers, whatever, eventually. But, um, I've liked how we've kept it centered on the people the, the splitting of Allison and Rhaenyra, the two teams, I think now, I think they did a good job at, at getting a lot of, a lot more sympathy for, and empathy for Allison in this show versus the books, because in the books, Allison is just a 
bitch. She's just a straight up B-I-T-C-H. There's no way to go around it. And in the show, they really kind of took a while to get to that really hateful, hateful Allison. Um, And I just think Olivia Cook has done such a beautiful job. Um, I think her name is Emily Carey, who played the younger version of Allison. Just splendid. Um, the way uh, Kristen Cole in the 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 second to the last episode, how his face looked after he freaking slammed Lord Beesbury's head down into the table, and when like um, the one Kingsguard guy left, and he was like, "I'm not fucking like." I'm not hanging around for this. Like, Rainier is the queen. Aegon is not the king. You guys are being usurpers. Like, I'm leaving. I, like, oh my god. That actor has just embodied Kristen Cole so well. And I just knew at a certain point we were going to get to where it's like, F this guy. And he just does it so well. So I've just, you know, I don't want to get really into too much more because, um... Hopefully down the road here soon, I'm going to have my uh, my friend Matt on from Bend the Knee and probably um, Jimmy from the Fantasy Net- Network probably just get into some just overall House of the Dragon. But um, I wanted to keep this kind of on the finale, kind of on some, you know, uh, like, oh, what might happen in season two? Um, because it's 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 in the books. It's all written. This whole chunk of the history has already been written down and done. George R. R. Martin has part two amongst amongst Winds of Winter. Um, the Winds of Winter. He still has volume two of Fire and Blood um, to put out, and that's going to get into this crazy time in Targaryen history. Imagine that, where um, a king. Uh, dies or is getting ready to die and he names all of his bastards legitimate um and that kind of starts the sort of second dance of the dragons so it's just kind of um it's just this beautiful never-ending saga and I love it I love how George R.R. Martin is kind of building this sort of universe within A Song of Ice and Fire um when it comes to all the books outside of Game of Thrones Um, I love A Song of Ice and Fire is really good for, um, not just like locations around Westeros, but learning, um, the histories of the different houses. Um, it does really good Targaryen history. If you don't want to read Fire and Blood, um, if you want to just like more of a snapshot of it, um, Fire and Blood, the Targaryen, the early Targaryen stuff with like Aegon and Maegar the Cruel and stuff like that getting into Jaehaerys, it's almost word for word um, the same. Um, but I would say out of fire and blood, a world of ice and fire, there's the mystery night, the tale, the tales of Duncan egg. And those are probably my most favorite outside of a game of Thrones. I would say they're pretty neck and neck. And that is a wonderful story of a like knight who's probably late teens early 20s um he runs into a little boy one day this bald-headed kid shaved head kid um whose nickname is egg and they go on little adventures together the kid becomes a squire and then you eventually find out that egg is short for a very popular targaryen name i'll let you figure it out if you haven't already but um I'm just excited. I hope 
I know HBO stuff is always getting like mixed up and moved around over there, which I don't understand. I feel like HBO will have a good thing going and then all of a sudden they'll like switch things up or something like super bummed about Westworld getting canceled. I kind of get it, but it still had better ratings than most shows on TV. So whatever, whatever. Um, but I'm really hoping that eventually they do a dunk and egg, like really, really do a dunk and egg show. Um, we, there's still whispers in the wind for this Jon Snow thing. So I'm hoping that still works out. Um, because then we would get that weird, uh, season nine Game of Thrones thing that, um, some of us weirdos think is going to possibly happen. So we'll see, but I'm excited. I'm excited for everything. I'm going to wait for Winds of Winter until I turn 50. It doesn't matter. I know George is going to finish it. I have faith, but, um, as far as this show is concerned, um, it just won for best drama at the Golden Globes and Emma DeArcy and Millie Alcock uh, were on stage and they were together and it was just nice to see the two Rhaenyras as one in unison and it was lovely. Um, so yeah, I don't know. With that being said, um, thank you for listening to this. I will be getting into more of A Song of Ice and Fire just in general. Um, I definitely want to break down more of uh, A Fire and Blood Volume 1 because there's just so much more to get into. There is the whole reign of King Jaehaerys and the good Queen Alysanne. They had like 13 kids. Um, definitely want to get into more of the Dunkin' Egg stuff. And I don't know, just to keep it footloose, fancy free. Um, so yeah, in terms of like fantasy movies and shows for this podcast, I just did a Willow episode. Um, the finale was just last night and it was really good. Um, I really enjoyed the whole season as a whole. So, um, I'm hoping to get a Willow episode out here shortly because I just enjoyed it. Um, in terms of like, um, the way fantasy has been portrayed, like, you know, in movies and in shows, we tend to get more of a, a darker, deeper, moodier look into it. And I just thought, like, Willow was this beautiful, just fun, fresh, funky, just, just apples and oranges, just completely just different, a different type of fantasy to sink into. And it was really lovely. And I really enjoyed it. And like I said, I thought the finale was good. And I really hope that um, the Willow show gets two more seasons because I think um, it's supposed to be like three chapters. Um, but in terms of this one of House of the Dragon, I am curious to know if they're going to wrap up this this chapter of Targaryen history up in this next season or if they're going to try to like stretch it out to three. Um, there's a lot to come like there. It's just it's going to get atrocious. <laughs> like it's still going to be a good show, but things are going to get so dirty and just the revenge and the tit for tat between the greens and the blacks. It's going to be an insane second season. And I think it's going to be completely different than this first season in a good way, in a different way. And I'm really looking forward to it. So I am thankful 
to have seen a live action Rhaenyra and a live action Alicent Hightower. And like, I am that girl. Most importantly, I'm very excited and happy with how Daemon Targaryen turned out. Um, I can't believe anybody would ever him and Ha on Matt Smith getting cast as Daemon. Um, he's just one of those enigmatic kind of actors and to me, he just makes sense. I, You have to have Damon have this kind of unconventional, handsome, definitely Scorpio vibes for sure. Um, definitely a, a Mars-ruled character there. Um, and I just thought Matt Smith was incredible. I, 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 oh, Damon is such a bad guy, good guy, whatever character. And it just... It was wild. It has been wild to see this character come to life on screen. And he's just going to get more intense and more wild. And I can't wait to see him on his dragon more. It's just going to get juicy and saucy. So grab your 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 Negronis with the spot with the Spogliato and the Prosecco in it and uh, toast to a beautiful season and uh, a big congratulations to them winning. Uh, the Golden Globe, because um, that's that's a big deal. Um, so anyways, I hope everybody's staying safe and healthy and, uh, you know, just have a have a lovely fun week. Try not to start any dances with any dragons. Bye. Um, I did not get into the whole part where Rhaenyra finds out about Luke. Um, yeah, that was very sloppy of me. So let's get into when uh Damon comes into the room where the little fire table is at which I think is like super cool I forgot to say like how badass I thought that looked when it was like all lit up and ready to go um he comes in delivers the news it's you know it's not anything that we can hear but we know right we know he's delivering the worst news that you could ever get as a mom and I'm sure Rhaenyra feels awful about it because she technically was the one to like send him off on this on this little messenger envoy trip. And we get this transformation. By the time she turns around to the screen with a single tear going down her face, we know that Rhaenyra is a changed woman. All bets are off. And like I said, things are going to get dirty, dirty. It's going to be a constant revenge for revenge for revenge. Um, they're all going to become very vengeful people. And it just is going to spiral out of control from here. I definitely didn't want to end the episode without getting into the actual ending of the episode. So yeah, the performance was stellar um what Matt and Emma both did in the scene um without saying anything was just so intense like so intense so um yeah it just it was perfection um straight just so many things pulled out of the book so many things added you know um that that were pretty much done right for the most part and I just think the season as a whole I mean I don't know how many birth scenes there were um you know Damon fighting at the step stones 
Um, anytime Rhaenyra was on her freaking dragon. Um, I thought Lena on Vagar. I kept I kept getting Vagar's name wrong. Um, the biggest, baddest dragon. She is super cool. And um, Damon's first wife um, had that dragon first before little tiny Aemon. Uh, Aemon still had two eyes at that point. Um, but yeah, claiming Vagar definitely came at a cost. Um, and then he just could not let that grudge go and took it into late adolescence slash early adulthood and his cousin was killed because of it and um yeah like in the book he was stunned he was shocked he had no no real words to say over it and so it's like I'm gonna be interested to see what they do in season two with it um if Eamon's going to be able to admit to letting the dragon not be in his control or if he's going to just sort of take it and admit to doing it and maybe say that he did it on purpose so we shall see um I'm just super interested to see what new stuff they're going to come up with for season two and what they're going to stick with in terms of the book because like I said Damon is going to do some gnarly things um going forward same with Eamon everybody um Allison and Rhaenyra are only going to get just worse with each other and um yeah there's some just really horrid things to come so just buckle up put on your life jacket and get ready because in mm, I don't know 18 months when HBO comes out with season two uh we'll need to be prepared so have a good one